So the audience may be wondering why there wasn't a movie review yesterday. Mm. Uh, we did watch a movie that we didn't particularly enjoy, but it was made by someone we highly respect. And that movie was Fool's Paradise, starring and directed by Charlie Day, mm-hmm. who we love here. You know, anyone who watches the show knows we love It's Always Sunny and the work he does. Unfortunately, the movie just didn't work on almost any level. It had moments of glory, and you could tell a lot of effort was put into it, which is why we kind of didn't want to do, like, a whole movie review, because it's just like... It's kind of like the one kid that tried really hard on their science project, and you're just like, I don't want to... I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, I don't want to tell them that it's it's not good, you know. And uh, I, so yeah, no movie review for that. Sorry. First but, one's free. F- first one's free. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it, the, I am someone who really loves, like, the old school, like, Charlie Chaplin movies yeah. and everything. And this movie tried a lot to be something similar to that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it went too far into that direction where yeah. it should have. And the parts when it tries to be that and does, like, the little physical comedy. It it was great. It was great. But the thing with, like, the Charlie Chaplin movies is there's a lot of subtext underneath it. So, you know, you watch something like Modern Times Mm -hmm. and, you know, we have the Industrial Revolution. You have all these people who are really not used to working in a factory setting and now they're moving into the factories. So you put this character, the tramp, into it. He's getting caught in the machines and there's this other layer to it, whereas this one didn't have that sort of social commentary that makes it work yeah same for his other movies like the gold rush and the great dictator exactly like yeah. yeah there's this layer of information that felt like was missing from this one which yeah. i agree you know yeah yeah so there's there's your mini review you got a little you got a little <laughs> bit a out of us one. yeah yeah but uh but we we do have a very very fun big show for you today mm-hmm. uh don't worry if you were hoping oh man i hoping they were going to be negative uh, we will be today and uh, today's show, the, the primary topic, the main topic that we're going to dive into is about streaming and the streaming wars, if you will. The, the next big war that we've all been participating in for the past number of years. Mm-hmm. Nicholas, let's talk about the streaming wars. Let's do it. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with this. Okay. It's not going great for, en- for any of them. Things and haven't gotten better. I'm going to tell you who the big loser of the streaming war is right now. Mm-hmm. And who the big winner is. Okay. So be ready for this journey. It's a good one. Are you starting loser or winner? We're starting loser. Can I can I take a guess? Take a wild guess. I'm going to go with well, are we including like freebie and stuff? Or are we going with like the big the big streaming service? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Peacock. You'd be surprised to know, while mm. it's low, it's not losing. <laughs> Paramount? It is Paramount. Paramount Plus, my favorite movie studio. But they have Top Gun. They do. <laughs> and I'm going to dive a little bit into kind of what's going on with streaming. I do want to point out, though, um, if you're into the movie YouTube space, you know the name Dan Merle. He's an amazing movie YouTuber, does a ton of box office stuff. He now has a show called Streaming Charts, where he uses his own calculations to determine how well movies are doing on streaming. Since they won't give us that information. Yes, and it's really interesting. But he he dives into what I'm about to dive into a whole lot more and does, like, a very intellectual deep dive on it. We'll put the link to that video in the description. It's a great video. Go check it out. But streaming wars, Nicholas. Streaming wars. Paramount is losing. It is losing really bad. Um, it's losing so badly that a lot of people on Wall Street, a lot of financial advisors, and this is coming from Deadline, Hollywood Report of the Trades, have suggested on more than one occasion to Paramount that they just get rid of the service. Really? Just wipe it, it, burn it? Yeah. So, which I don't think they should do. I like the service, personally. 
But here's the problem. I think I just canceled. <laughs> I I bought it when it first came out because I was like, oh my god, there's gonna be a Halo TV show. Yeah. And then I forgot that it existed. And then for the past year, I got charged five dollars a month until yeah. finally I was like, I should cancel this. Yeah. I've never opened the app. <laughs> That's funny, but... I see Top Gun in theaters, not at home. Yes, exactly. So, here's what happened. Uh-huh. Let's bring up Top Gun's a great example. Mm-hmm. Top Gun and net profit, not just gross, profit made $391 million in profit. I said profit a lot there, but you, mm-hmm. you get the point. Profit. Mm-hmm. Guess how much Paramount as a company lost quarter one of 2023? The, the whole company, Paramount, not just Paramount Plus. More than $391 million. That's a fair assumption. Take a guess. $500 million. $500 million? Okay. Yes. $1 billion. <laughs> Jesus. Guess how much of it was because of Paramount Plus? $900 million. That would be funny, but no. <laughs> uh, $400 million. $500. Oh, so half. Half a billion was lost on Paramount+. Plus. And you might be thinking, wow, how does that even continue running like with that much of a loss? Well, the only streaming service that's been profitable is Netflix, and that just happened last year. So think about how long Netflix has been around. Mm-hmm. It was profitable for the first time last year. That streaming just burns money. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the studios are starting to figure this out. And they're starting to take steps to ensure that they don't really want to be known as losing all of this money. Now, what's funny is the big lesson you should take from this is FOMO is a thing all the way at the corporate level of, you know, people walking into boardrooms going, we should get a streaming service. Everyone's got these streaming services. And then they just lose half a billion dollars in a quarter. In a quarter, Nicholas. I mean, Lifetime has a streaming service. Why does Lifetime have a streaming service? And guess, I bet you it does well. I don't know the numbers for it. It probably does. But 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 also... HGTV probably has a streaming service. So so first, I kind of want to dive into Paramount a little bit and kind of talk about why it's losing that much money. Half a billion in loss. Mm Mm-hmm. So I figured, what are they spending half a billion on? They spend half a billion dollars on Yellowstone and all the spinoffs. And part of that expense, I'm I'm serious. It's Kevin Costner? Partially, which is why uh-huh. they, he's done now. Yeah. They shoot those movies on ranches that Taylor Sheridan owns. He's so not me. only is, does he get paid... As a showrunner, producer, writer, and director, he charges them $50,000 a week to shoot on his ranch. And they pay the man. That's incredible. But when you have the biggest show in the world, you can do that. Well, here's what confuses me about that, right? Because if we're looking... Now, Kevin Costner, very good actor, Mm -hmm. huge name, right? I would argue in the current state of the entertainment industry... Matthew McConaughey is a much bigger name. Yeah, they're not learning from their lessons. So how is is firing (laughs) Kevin Costner and hiring Matthew McConaughey any better of a solution? It's not. I'll tell you, it's not. But here's what they've started doing, and this is what other companies have started doing. Oh, my. And the Harrison Ford and Meryl Streep. Or Helen Mirren, sorry. Sam Elliott, yeah. What the fuck are they doing? So here's what services have started doing. And this is the fun timeline because remember cable? Yeah. 
And people just people switched to streaming because cable just got out of all outrageous. Mm-hmm. You couldn't just get one thing of cable. You had to get bundles. You had to bundle this one and this one together because it was cheaper. You know, kind of like Disney, Hulu, and ESPN. <laughs> kind of like other examples that are going on right now. History repeats itself. And yeah. it's happening again because streaming have finally figured out how come we're making so much less money than we did when shit just ran on TV and cable? Because you don't fucking advertise anything. Mm-hmm. That's why Friends and Cheers and all these big fucking shows made so much money because people were paying top dollar to have commercials run during their show. So what's happening now? Mm-hmm. One, you're seeing a lot more ad tiers come into these streaming services. One, that Netflix has even said Stranger Things will be on the ad tier because how much are people going to pay to put shit in front of Stranger Things? Yep. A lot. Two, you're starting to see them remove their own content from a streaming service, which values it worthless so they can write it off from taxes for the year. And then when they want to put that content back out, they license it to other streaming services that pay a flat fee. Kind of like how it used to be done when Netflix was the only game in town. I'm just hoping I can watch American Pickle again soon. <laughs> Dude, you're telling me. But the whole thing is yeah. like people are just like, they just woke up and they were like, oh yeah, we're losing a lot of money. We should stop that. Mm-hmm. Fucking what's going on? And you know who really kicked it off? David Zaslav. <laughs> like, say what you want about him. He walked into HBO and said, we're spending what on HBO Max? Fuck that shit. No Batgirl. None of this. We're going to take these shows off. Mm-hmm. We're going to put them on fucking Tubi and run ads. And then now they're almost making that money back because of those decisions. Well, I mean, they just got a good, you know, probably what, 80, 90 million bump from putting Evil Dead in the theaters. Exactly. On HBO Max. Yes. And they're going to get the so. same with Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. And... Paramount owns Pluto TV. So what you're seeing them do is take their stuff off of Paramount and put it on Pluto and put ads in front of it. And that's how they're trying to make their money back. It's a fascinating thing. And Disney, the Mouse House, just announced that they are removing their content from Disney Plus and they're going to start licensing it out. It's already happening from Disney. Mm-hmm. The company who you think would no way would do it, right? What uh? What kind of content do you think they're going to be pushing out? Like, I imagine they're probably going to want to keep Star Wars and Marvel. Oh, yeah, they're not going to get rid of that. But, you know, pretty much anything that you, when you're scrolling on Disney+, Plus, you're like, they have this? It's probably gone now. Mm. <laughs> like Under wraps? <laughs> hey, the shaggy dog's still on there. That's all I know. <laughs> the OG one where he has fists and punches people. <laughs> but... But, like, it's it's a whole thing that's, like, the industry is just looping back around to realizing, like, oh, wait, advertising is how we make money. And going back to, like, the writer yeah. strike and things like that, if it ever becomes public what the viewing figure numbers are for the show, and they find out that through those numbers how much the executives have been paying their some, themselves from how shit the shows are performing, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be so good. Like, all the shit that goes down from it, it's going to be awesome. Moving on from that, moving on from Paramount, the mm-hmm. loser, which Paramount, I still love you. Still my favorite. Get your shit together, though. Here are the ones that are doing fine-ish. Mm-hmm. Hulu has always been doing fine. Netflix, I'd say, is in second place because they just started turning profit. Okay. Disney's right behind them. Well, is Hulu making profit? No. So why does Hulu, would you give Hulu the edge over Netflix? Because they're owned by Disney. <laughs> Just no, have, no, 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 having no. Bob Iger. No, no, no. Netflix is in second. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Then Disney, then Hulu. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll go Netflix, Disney, HBO, Hulu. 
Okay. Because HBO kicked off this whole thing, and they're starting to recuperate their money back. HBO Max, I think, was almost profitable last quarter. It might have even been mm-hmm. profitable last quarter. Um, yeah, I know they ended um, quarter three last year yeah. with like 95 million subscribers or yeah. something, which is which is crazy. Amount. And then yeah. they changed it to Max, which they deserve a bunch of shit for that. But yeah. um, Disney lost a bunch of subscribers in quarter four. And no, it's not for dumb reasons that you think. It's because they stopped doing the soccer rights in India and so many people quit their subscription. That really happened. Well, they <laughs> actually also just reported... And the I rugby, know, I think. I don't know if you saw this. They actually did also just uh, report another subscriber loss in quarter one of this year. Yeah. With another four million people leaving. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, this is what it is now. Now, here are some streaming services that I think will never go away. Apple and Amazon mm-hmm. because they're Apple and Amazon. Like you could say the same thing about Disney. Yeah. Like I don't think Disney's ever going to go away, but in terms of the non companies like that, that are used to entertainment, Apple TV will probably never go away because it doesn't cost much to run those shows. I mean, they spend money, but they have ads. Sometimes they have stuff per purchase. Mm-hmm. They have, they outsource things and they're the iPhone they're, they're a company. They're, they're going to be fine. Well, here's the thing about... Amazon, sorry. Oh, Amazon, same thing. Amazon mm-hmm. Prime Video is not going to go anywhere. It's a fraction of what that company does. Oh, yeah. And they have the biggest fuck you money probably in the world. Prime is three guys in a room somewhere. <laughs> probably, <laughs> yeah. Amazon. The thing about Apple is they're really good. The content, everything that I have watched on Apple has been great. Mm-hmm. Even the stuff that's like, let's say, not great is still solid and better than some of the other original content out there. And, you know, I know they have Ted Lasso, which is this global phenomenon, but that's ending. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyler was telling me that he started watching some sci-fi show called Silo. Yeah. That is really good as well. And that's a series of books. So they have a lot of content to work through with that. If that show is very successful. Yeah. I know they've won a bunch of awards from it, and they are proponents of the theatrical before streaming release. Yes, yeah, so is Amazon. Because they got Scorsese coming in with Killers of the Flower Moon. That's going to have a, quote, hefty theatrical run. Same mm-hmm. thing with um, Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Mm-hmm. So they clearly have some sort of grasp on how this should all work, more so than some of the others. Yep, yep. And Peacock is barely above Paramount. <laughs> Uh, they do lose a lot of money, but they regain some of it back through their ad tiers because they run ads mm-hmm. all the time on those. Anyone who has to add to your peacock knows how fucking annoying it is. It's pretty bad. Yes. Yeah. So, Nicholas, before I dive into who the winner of the streaming wars is right mm-hmm. now, I want to talk about a little thing that might be happening with Disney and Hulu. Yes. Disney and Hulu, Bob Iger said in an earnings call, is going to combine services. Mm -hmm. Let me rephrase. They're going to combine apps at the end of 2023. But you have to subscribe to both services to get all the content, which is ridiculous. But I think they're going to do that to boost their numbers and then eventually we'll merge it. So is that going to be like a hub? Like you click into one app and then you're like, cool, are you here for Disney or Hulu? Probably, right? Which they're going to do it to promote a a better bundle. That's what they're going to do. But, but... This is a ploy. What happened last time? Not a ploy. This is a red flag. Mm. What happened last time Disney and another company publicly announced that they were going to do something together and cost a lot of money? What happened last time that happened? I don't know. Disney and Fox 
made an announcement that they were going that Disney was going to buy Fox for forty billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Made the announcement was on all the news headlines, all the trades, yeah. and then Comcast said fifty three billion. They were like, "What?" They're like, "We'll fucking give you fifty three <laughs> billion, you motherfuckers. Give it to us." And Disney was like embarrassed, <laughs> so they had to up their bid to seventy something billion, almost eighty billion dollars, almost double what they wanted to pay for Fox. Mm-hmm. Comcast still has a 33% stake in Hulu. <laughs> and Disney just said, we're going to combine these services. <laughs> Bitch, I know Comcast is going to come out and go, we'll give you $18 billion for Hulu. <laughs> I know they're going to do it. I know they're going to fucking do it. They're just waiting. Because they keep playing this game of publicly saying, like, we don't know what we're going to do with Hulu. Maybe we'll sell Hulu to Comcast because I think 33% of it is $9 billion. Mm-hmm. So they'd have to pay, like, 21 21- no, I'm bad at math. $27 billion to uh, get it from Disney. I bet you they're going to, right before they're going to launch it, Comcast is going to come out and say, we'll give you $30 billion for it. And then they have to. And then they have to make a decision. If they want to sell that or keep double down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but know why the that's so is, funny. They're going to sell it and then pull all the content they own off of it. <laughs> And then realize that's not making them money and then license it back to Comcast. It's going to be so fucking funny. I can't wait. Comcast, please, please bid on Hulu. I want it to happen so bad. Oh, God. Now, do you want to know who the winner of the streaming wars is? Yes. The winner Mm -hmm. of the streaming wars is Sony. Because they don't have a fucking streaming service. They're saving all of their money because they don't have a fucking service. Mm-hmm. They had Crunchyroll. You know what they did? Sold it for billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And now the company that has Crunchyroll, massive debt all the time. Guess what they just did? Mm. They made a deal with Disney to put Spider-Man movies on Disney+. Plus. Yes, they did. I don't know the amount. I'll give you a hint. It wasn't fucking cheap. <laughs> For yep. Disney. Watch Venom on Disney Plus now. <laughs> you can. And it's because Sony are geniuses. <laughs> they've never, they've always said, why would we want that? Like, yeah. why would we want a streaming service? All it does is lose money. And we make so much money. Bullet Train went to Netflix mm-hmm. for hundreds of billions of dollars. Millions. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Millions. And then, Sam, like, I saw Bullet Train, hundreds of but billions. But shows, but shows too. Yeah. Like, I forget what um, famous classic TV show that Sony owns. It's leaving me. But Netflix pays them six figures a year. Friends? No, seven. Seven figures a year to keep it on. And it's like, okay, (laughs) like, have the, play it. Fuck it. Okay. That's money we would not have if we had our own service Mm -hmm. and charge people $8 a month. We're not going to make that back. No way. And now they're licensing out not even content, but just rights because Amazon's developing all those Spider-Man shows and everything. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. They're geniuses. That... They are winning the streaming wars because they don't have a fucking service. Because they're just selling it to everyone. They've made so much money <laughs> from streaming. Bitter. Yes. That's their geniuses. I love it. Now, I love it. Now I have a question kind of going into, you know, the uh, Hulu and Disney Plus merging. Yes. And now coming up, I don't think the full branding has changed yet, but obviously uh, HBO Max and Discovery Plus are merging to just Max. So do you think kind of what we're going to start seeing now is these streaming services almost eating each other 
you know, kind of bigger fish, like is Paramount going to buy Peacock or obviously those are separate studios, but you know, kind of, I mean, like, are we going to start seeing certain things merge out? Like the, whoever owns Lifetime, that streaming service is going away and being folded into maybe Max just to buy the libraries. You could see that. Mm -hmm. The big shift that we're seeing now is for some reason it used to be we have to be the company that has the best and biggest streaming service. Mm-hmm. Look at what, how fucking stupid Warner Brothers was in 2021 when they did the whole day and date thing mm-hmm. with HBO Max and movies. Lost so they much money. Lost so much money, so much talent, mm-hmm. and they did it because they wanted it. They wanted the biggest streaming service. That idea, thank Christ, is going away. And it's now the race, the space race, mm-hmm. is who can create the most profitable streaming service. That's the new race, and it's going to be interesting to see it play out because we're now seeing a whole different fucking ball game with how it's going to go. It's going to be a little mixture of what we learned in cable, a little mixture of what yep. we learned from streaming, and now when these new when this WGA deal goes through and all these guild deals go through, mm-hmm. you're going to see something happen. I don't know what it's going to be, but something's going to happen. Now, do you think that in all of this with the profitability and anything, do you think that Disney has the a slighter advantage just given the intellectual property that they own versus a Netflix who doesn't necessarily own that level of IP? They have Stranger Things, which was a massive hit. I think it's a situation of the bigger they are, the harder they can fall. Mm-hmm. And that Disney owns all the big stuff, but they can't license the big stuff. Yeah. They hold on to it and basically just lose money because you're not going to get new subscribers from content that they originally signed up to see. Yeah, because they have to go at their own pace. Now, if Disney started licensing out the classic animated stuff, Mm -hmm. they would make a shit ton of fucking money. But they don't want to do that because they want to own that. They want to have that. What you are going to see, where Disney has the advantage over the other ones, is they can spend more on content. Because you're seeing a ton of companies, even Disney themselves, saying, we are slashing our original content budget for streaming. Because mm-hmm. it makes there's no way to make it back. It's no. a net loss. And you can't make deals to cheapen the budget on the back end because there's no back end. There's no box office. Yeah. It's a nightmare. It, it's a whole spending nightmare. And the streaming wars is getting bloody. And uh Yeah. Paramount's losing, Sony is winning. That's the fucking recap, everybody. <laughs> it's getting gnarly. It's getting intense, like camping. Just like camping. Oh, that's such a good fucking joke. I love saying it every time. I got a lot off my chest I've wanted to say for a while. <laughs> I can was, tell that. His computer screen was blank. That this, just had it all this up This was here. therapeutic for me. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, so what, what do you guys think about the streaming wars and mm-hmm. all of this different stuff going on? Do you think it could, is it realistic to create a profitable streaming service? Let us know in the comments below as we move on to the B-roll. The B-roll is kind of like the movie news section of our show, our big story, except we don't have time to really dive into it, but we still wanted to give you the headlines to keep you informed as to what's going on in the world of movies and entertainment. So Nicholas, what's on the B-roll? Our first story, after Hypnotic's box office failure... Disney reportedly wants James Cameron to direct the Alita Battle Angel sequel and not Robert Rodriguez. The only reason I didn't see Hypnotic this weekend was because there were two other movies I wanted to see. (laughs) I will watch it. Not Mother's Day. (laughs) Two. I hope Robert Rodriguez makes a great movie again soon and gets to revitalize his career. Three. If James Cameron makes Alita Battle Angel 2, holy fuck, I'm in. With what time? (laughs) 
<laughs> he's already finished like Avatar 4. He's got one more. <laughs> That's fair. I guess yeah, all the posts, though. They can do pre while all he's the... doing Avatar 5 and then just be ready to go. Jeez. Uh, well, speaking of photography actually being wrapped, uh, <laughs> the Hellboy spinoff sequel, original reboot. Something. Hellboy the Crooked Man has wrapped principal photography. As long as we're getting Crooked Man in some type of movie, even if it's not the Conjuring spinoff I want, we'll take it. Or just that actual Crooked Man. Yes. Um, it's being described as a full core, which I think is rad. I'm in. Uh, Willem Dafoe has officially joined the cast of Beetlejuice 2, because why the fuck not? And he has a large penis. <laughs> is that true? He had to do a full frontal scene for the movie Antichrist, and okay. his dick was so distractingly big that they got a, a body double. Really? I'm not making that up. Look it up. Kyler, look up how big Willem Dafoe's penis is. Yeah. <laughs> That's my green goblin. <laughs> um, and finally, Pedro Pascal has joined the cast of uh, Zach Krieger, director of Barbarian, his yes. new film, Weapons. Yes. That's exciting. That's I can't wait for that exciting. movie. And I love Pedro Pascal in anything. Yes. I hope that uh, Zach Krieger just takes Justin Long as his sort of like <laughs> I fucking cameo, so. and Justin Long is just in every single uh, one as well. I hope so. Oh, I actually have a B-roll to add. Ooh. Dodgeball 2 is officially happening. You're goddamn right it is. Justin Long. If Justin Long... I'm going to say this on the yeah. show. If Justin Long is not in Dodgeball 2, for whatever reason, it could be scheduling, I'm not going. I don't care if they got everyone back. I don't care if Alan Tudyk's back, who I love. I don't See, care. See, I hinge on Alan Tudyk. <laughs> if Alan Tudyk's not there, we I'm both not. Have our... I'm not seeing it. Watch, they're going to say everyone's coming back except <laughs> Alan Tudyk. Tudyk and Justin Long. Fuck. Not watching it. No way. <laughs> I am a big Vince Vaughn fan, and I do love Dodgeball very much. No, Jason Bateman needs to be back. Dude, as the ESPN as guy, holy shit, ESPN ate the Ocho. That's the best have you ever seen jason bateman talk about it no he goes they didn't really give me much direction i just kept saying should i have this color hair and they're like yeah and he goes cool should i have like sleeves like they're like yeah and he goes all right should i chew gum he goes yeah Yeah. like he's i just walked on that set and they just said yeah that's awesome i love that character so much it's so good oh wait sorry there was one more b-roll oh um as we all know there is a new superman film coming out called superman legacy what didn't know that and there apparently was a bit of a leak of some names who were in the running for various roles so we thought fucking give it to me if hollywood reporter covers it we're good to say it it, yeah all right so uh some of the names up for superman are uh david corin sweat is said to be a top contender he was most recently in pearl Yes, he was. Yes. Uh, Jacob Elordi from Euphoria. Uh, and then two British actor- actors, Tom Brittany and Andrew Richardson. I'm not too familiar with those two names. Mm-hmm. Um, for the part of Lois Lane, uh, the big ones are said to be Rachel Brosnahan, who is uh, Mrs. Maisel in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Emma Mackey from Sex Education, mm-hmm. Phoebe Dynever from Bridgerton, and Samara Weaving from Babylon and Ready or Not and a bunch of other All stuff. banger choices for Lois Lane, by All the way. Good. And then, so far, only one name... Uh, well, two names kind of were around for uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, the first one that kind of went around was Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the rumor mill saying he denied that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not denied being in the running, but straight up, like, I'm Didn't not playing Lex role. Luthor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the current contender right now is Nicholas Holt. 
who one is a fantastic actor yes and two deadline is saying because they got into a little fight hollywood reporter and deadline oh really and deadline is saying that he's in the run for superman nicholas holt as superman and yeah. then another one saying lex luther yeah if he plays both, I'll I'll see the movie twenty times. <laughs> I will watch I, it twenty times. I don't know if I how I feel about Superman. I'm in. I, I mean, I love actor. him as an actor. I just don't, you know. I just who I just love whoever they pick. I'm gonna look up at all the pictures of them now and save them, and then wait when he's fucking yeah. I think that's what it is. I can't imagine Nicholas Holt getting. <laughs> oh, you know they'd pay every up. doctor and nutritionist oh, in the yeah, world yeah, yeah, yeah. to jack him up. But bald Nicholas Holt is Lex Luthor. A younger Lex Luthor? Because we saw how went that one. How hey, good listen, that went. listen. If he's just the same character from Mad Max, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, okay, quick story. Yeah. I like Vindication here. David Cronenswet. Cor- Cronenswet. Yes, from Pearl. Nick and I saw the movie Pearl together. A movie that we both love very much. It was in my top ten. And he remembers. We were in the theater, and he plays a projectionist in that film. And when he came on screen... I looked at Nicholas, no shit, and said, that guy would make a good Superman. And we thought nothing of it. And then when I saw this list, I was like, I'm as smart as James Gunn. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Yes, that's exactly it. Yes. There's no other explanation. It just wasn't a guy with a massively square jaw and slick jet black hair and blue eyes. And was a good actor. No, that, good that, actor. that can't be Definitely it, right? not No, it. no. It's just me being as smart as James Gunn. <laughs> of course, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, but yes, that is the B-roll. And with that down and out of the way, we are now going to move on to the box office. Hey, oh, box Section office. of our show. Nicholas, do you have our predictions from last week? I do. Oh, man, this is interesting. All right. Dalton, you had Guardians 3, Super Mario Bros., Book Club 2, Fool's Paradise, and Evil Dead Rise. Okay. I had Guardians 3, Super Mario Bros., Book Club 2, Evil Dead Rise, and Fool's Paradise coming in fifth. We were both wrong, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. So... Guardians of the Galaxy 1 did come in first place Mm -hmm. with $62 million, only a 48% drop. That is the second best drop for a Marvel movie ever. Ooh. What was the first, do you know, offhand? We'll get into that. Uh Uh-oh. Coming in second was Super Mario, making Mm -hmm. $12.6 million, dropping 32% from week five to week six. (laughs) Movie's fucking crushing. Book Club, the next chapter, came in at $6.6 million in its opening. Evil Dead Rise came in fourth at $3.7 million, dropping 37% from week three to week four. And coming in fifth was Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, dropping 22% from week two to week three, making $2.5 million. And Hypnotic was number six, missing out by just 100000 Just wanted to point that out. Lame. <laughs> um, Blackberry and Fool's Paradise did not open wide. Uh-huh. So, Fool's Paradise only made $465,000, and BlackBerry only made $740,000. Oh my God. But they're going to get wider and wider and eventually make more money. Well, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, let's dive into these a little bit. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 now has a worldwide box office total of $530 million. It's already made more than Ant-Man's total run. Uh, <laughs> on a, how, how many Black Adams does it have? Ooh, no comment. Uh, about one and a half, almost. One um, and a half Black Adams. The production budget was two hundred and fifty million, mm-hmm. so it's made two point one times the budget back. It's on its way to profitability. Uh, also, diving into other box office stuff, the Super Mario's Brother movie making a killing at now one point two billion dollars on a hundred 
thousand hundred million excuse me dollar budget 12.2 times this budget back could you imagine if a movie on a hundred thousand made 1.2 billion they would never work again uh book club 2 has made nine million dollars worldwide it doesn't have the budget listed here but i imagine it wasn't crazy but wasn't cheap either considering the talent involved evil dead rise is now crossed 130 million dollars worldwide on a budget of what i believe was 20 they're doing pretty good the straight to hbo max movie yeah yeah over 100 million worldwide it's fine <laughs> and are you there god it's me margaret has made 16 million dollars so far on a production budget of 30 so it's not doing great profitability wise but if it sticks around in the top five over the next few weeks it has a chance i've heard but, wonderful reviews yeah about and that it's, one. it's from the director of edge of 17 and i love that movie so i will try to watch this at some point i know mm-hmm. it's a very famous book Plus, has Rachel McAdams. Yes, and, and we love her. Apparently, the uh, the lead. I don't know the context. If it's the daughter, mm-hmm. or if it's Margaret, I don't. Not yeah. familiar. But um, the young actress in the movie is Ant Man's daughter from the second movie before yes. the recast. So the young Cassie Lang. Yes, mm-hmm. that is right. Uh, I did want to dive into a few things here before we go on. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three has the second best drop in MCU history. So I'm going to take a look at two things the most recent Marvel movie, mm-hmm. and the number one drop in history. Let's look at the most recent Marvel movie, which was Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That movie's total worldwide box office was $463 million on a budget of $200 million, only made 2.3 times its budget, lost money. And its box office from weekend to weekend, because it opened fairly high, it opened to $106 million. Mm-hmm. And then it dropped 70% to $31 million big drop mm-hmm. now when you open high you are going to have bigger drops the drop you want to see is 55 to 57 that's average mm-hmm. that's the the drop you want to see 70 not so much but like i said how you open higher the drop guardians though opening higher than ant-man and dropping less just goes to show the word of mouth of that movie mm-hmm. now let's take a look at the number one best holding mc movie Lowest of all drop. time mm-hmm. do you have a guess Can you give me a hint as to the phase? Phase three. So all of them. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> phase four was big, right? Yeah. Where was Thor Ragnarok? Three. Three? Mm-hmm. Was Black Panther three? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Black Panther. You're correct. Hey. Black Panther has the best drop. Listen to how fucking ridiculous this is. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. And I didn't really, because I knew it, and then when I was bringing this up for the show, I was like, holy fuck, I forgot about this. This movie opened to $202 million, and it dropped 45%. That's insane. In its second weekend, it made $111 million. It made more its second weekend than Ant-Man 3 its first. Well, it cruised to a billion right quick, didn't it, that first one? Yeah. Domestically? Mm Mm-hmm. 700 million just domestically that is crazy Mm -hmm. that movie took off when it came out and i worked at a theater at the time i fucking remember (laughs) it was a nightmare working at the theater at that time Mm -hmm. but yeah dude it went from 45 to 41 to 38 to 35 36 33 24 34 like 15 4 like it just stayed and and this is after infinity war has come out yeah it stayed in there it's crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, total worldwide box office one point three billion, mm-hmm. and if other countries weren't as racist, it'd have a lot more. 
because yeah. international it only made 636 it made more domestically than international mm. which does not happen no ever <laughs> just for funsies do you know what the number one domestic box office movie of all time is just domestic all time all time Ooh, kyler let's see if kyler knows too he's off camera i ruined the magic Number, the the number one in. movie of all time only domestically. I'm gonna go Titanic. Titanic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are we counting for inflation? No. Avatar. Avatar. Okay. Okay. It is Star. For those who couldn't hear, Kyler's guess was Avatar. Yes. And I said. I watched Titanic. Titanic I think it's Star Wars. No, because you heard me say about <laughs> to say it. <laughs> Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess how much money it made domestically? If I remember correctly, did that movie cross the two billion club? It did. I'm going to guess a billion was domestic. 1.4 billion. Kyler's guess was 1.4 billion. 936 million. Ooh. That's a lot of money. Just it almost made a billion just in America. <laughs> that is insanity. Do you do you have it pulled up? What the second like? What the difference is between that and two? Oh, I got domestic? you. And we're talking about oh for domestic box office. Yeah, I will pull that up for you. But before I do that, yes. so since we were talking about weekend drops, uh, it dropped forty. <laughs> Jeez. It opened to $247 million, and it dropped 40% to 149 second weekend. Holy shit! <laughs> and then 40 again to 90. It had a $90 million third weekend. Oh Jesus God. Christ. But uh, So all-time domestic box office. Yeah. Let's pull that up. Number one. Ooh, I didn't know this. Number one is Star Wars Force Awakens at mm-hmm. 936. I'll give you the number for number two. You tell me what it is. Number two was $858 million. That's almost a $100 million difference. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic World. No. Jaws. No. Not adjusted for inflation. Titanic. No. Okay. No. Avatar. No. Gone with the Wind. No. I don't know. Avengers Endgame. How did I forget those? Yeah, now, here's the crazy one. Infinity War. Here's the crazy one. Number three with 814 Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes. Oh, boy. In the pandemic. In that's, the pandemic? That's actually crazy. Oh, yeah, that was in the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Number four was 785. Titanic. No. Avatar. Yes. There we go. <laughs> and ready for this. Av- Titanic. Number five. Titanic. With 718. Jurassic World. No. No. <laughs> Titanic. No. I don't know. Top Gun Maverick. Ooh. And number six. <laughs> Where's Titanic on this All right, list? Number six. Titanic. Was Black Panther. God damn it. Number seven was Avatar 2. Eight's Infinity War. Nine is Titanic. Hey. Ten is Jurassic World. <laughs> In my mind, those movies did a lot better than apparently they did compared to these. Eleven is The Avengers. I like this list a lot. It just keeps going with bangers. <laughs> I feel like it's like, ooh, that's a good one. It's like, yeah, it made a fuck ton of money. That's (laughs) why. (laughs) Clearly, it must be good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we kind of just did some box office shenanigans there. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, Do you want to go ahead and do uh, some predictions? (laughs) Fuck yes, I do. Do you want to go first or shall I? You go first. I'll go first? All right. 
So I'm going to go with a bold one. I'm going to go Fast X. You madman. I'm going to go Guardians. Okay. I'm going to go Mario. Let me pull up what's coming out next weekend. I would hope no one is dumb enough to go against Fast X. Counter-programming. Okay. That's fair. I'm going to go Guardians. No, 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 I'm kidding. Fast X. Can you imagine? I was going to say. Fast X. Guardians. Mario. Book Club. Evil Dead. Ooh. I may regret that one. (laughs) Hey, you'll see what happens. It's going to be a good one. What, Fast X? Absolutely. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I hope I like it. I never go into a movie hoping I don't like it. That doesn't happen. <sighs> I'm going to like it. It's a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> What's not to like? So the only thing I've heard from the early reactions uh-huh. is that even if you hate this movie, Jason Momoa is apparently having the time of his life that's jason momoa and everything but like but every even like i read a review saying it was one of the worst films ever made and they said but man i was really had fun watching jason momoa (laughs) that means we're gonna get a jason momoa spinoff they should bring him back i don't know if they kill him they should do another hobbs and shaw movie with jason momoa yes yes Ooh. I would like it. But yeah, I uh, I think that's all we had for the show today. I think so too. Yeah. We're going to be at you with a fast X out of the theater review on Thursday night or early Friday morning. It's going to be on how long the movie is. It's going to be know. fun. I got tickets for eight. So it's not too bad. Oh, all right. Yeah. In that, Ultima. That means chili. <laughs> hey. We're in our late 20s. Uh, <laughs> I said late. That hurt a little bit. Mid. We're in our mid-20s, okay? I think mid can go to like 27, personally. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, but yes. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. I've been Dalton Burdett. I've been Nick Eric. Yeah. And thank you for watching the Movie Nights Roundtable. <laughs>